The events of this week have been tragic. The impact of the tragedy will be felt for weeks, months, years, and for some lifetimes. Where do you turn to to make sense of this all? How do you heal from this kind of a devastation? I'm David Hunter, and this is a special healing recovery from a tragedy. How do you heal as a person who directly was impacted, as a person who was indirectly impacted, as a community? The healing process looks different for everyone. I'm joined today by local pastors to discuss healing from this disaster. I'm glad to have in the studio Rob Wheeler, First United Methodist Church, James Rogers of Smyrna Church of Christ, and Andrew Smith of Heavenly Host. I thank you gentlemen for stopping by and, and being on this show. Um, you know, we've got a lot of things that we could talk about, and I guess one of the biggest things to talk about is uh, the tornado that hit Tennessee and, of course, in our area here in Putnam County. You know, a lot of, of things happened there. A lot of people suffered loss of life, injuries. Um, people were devastated. And I think one of the biggest things that happened in this, and I've heard, is people are asking, you know, why did God do this? And, you know, as we know as ministers and pastors that, you know, God did not do this. But, you know, people listening out there, they need to be convinced and need to be encouraged to know um, that God didn't do this and that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, which is the devil. And, you know, I'm just going to go around the room here, and we're going to start off with Andrew Smith. Andrew, give us your thoughts on that. You know, the question again is why did God do this? Sure. Well, I mean, we never believe that God uh, sends destruction like this just to just to punish. Um, we've got Scripture that tells us that uh, God is not like an angry Zeus uh, even the God of the Old Testament is not like that. Uh, God is merciful. God is kind. Um, when when people are thinking about whether uh, God could do something like this or God has sent such a tragedy to befall us, uh, I think they may have in the back of their mind this idea of, you know, God won't give you any more than you can handle, which is kind of a, a corruption of a Bible passage that really – Instead of doing the thing that we hoped that it would do, which would be to alleviate some suffering, it, it kind of burdens the person who's really hurting. And I guess the, the first thing I would say is God didn't do this. God didn't send this. Uh, we do have uh, you know, our, our own sinful flesh. We have a, a corrupted world that we live in where tragedy befalls even well-meaning good people. And uh, the question I think that should be asked is not why did God do this? Uh, I think that's the wrong question. I think the better question to ask is, uh, now that this has happened, how can we help one another? Um, because I'll tell you, the the Scripture talks about a God who helps us in the midst of our suffering and points us to Jesus, who suffered for us all. And uh, if we can point people back to Jesus, then I think we've begun to answer a different kind of question. Thank you, Andrew. Rob, I'm going to ask you the same question. Um, a lot of people thinking this. And by the way, I want to thank you, gentlemen, again, for taking time on this difficult time here in our community to join me to talk about this. You know, March the 3rd, 2020, a day none of us will ever forget for the rest of our lives, a disaster that has no respect of age or class or social status or denomination. The question again on the table here is why did God do this? I think the, along with the uh, asking the question, why did God do this, which I think is, I think we might all feel the same way that, like you said, we don't, God didn't do this. Um, there is a natural order to this broken world that sometimes we, that we can't control um, that affects us in negative ways. Uh, the other question I've heard is, why has this happened? Um, I can't give a good answer for that. <laughs> uh, that. Why to this world that we live in do bad things happen to people who don't deserve them um, is not a question I'd, I know how to answer all the way. Um, but I can say um, that when things like this happens, God gives opportunities to his people to show his goodness. Um, and I think that's where we as people of faith can really step in right now. The question isn't so much, why did God do this? Or why did this happen? Uh, I think the question should be, what can we do now to help people? Um, how can we love people more? How can we get our hands dirty? How can we be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ um, to really show how good God is? Um, God's not a God of destruction or pain. He's a God of grace. And so now what do his people do 
to show that that grace is in us and that love is in us, that they might demonstrate that and feel that too. So I can't answer your question why. I can say, I can say fairly confidently that God didn't do this. Uh, my question now is what do we do about it? Exactly. Thank you, Rob. James, you're the pastor at Smyrna Church of Christ. Can you give us your insights on that? When God created the world, he created a good world. In fact, Genesis 1 said it was very good. But he also created laws in that natural universe. And when things occur that violate one of those laws, then that's a natural occurrence. And God bound himself by the world he created. But God didn't do it to us any more than in Acts 20 and verse 9, when Eutychus fell out of the window, that God pushed him out. He violated a, a, the law of gravity, and he fell. That's a natural law. So we deal with the natural laws in God's universe. I appreciated what one individual said. God did not do this. But we have seen the response in our community that shows biblical principles that are so important, caring for one another, helping each other, praying for each other, taking each other under our arms to say we care. But I think we need to quit blaming God for things that happen and start finding him in his word and being obedient to him so that we can lead others to him. And when this whole world ends, and it will one day, we can live with him eternally. You know, that's a, a very good answer. You know, it's probably one of the hardest questions that I'll ever have to ask, especially knowing some of the people that were involved in this, you know, the, the lives that were lost. By the way, you're listening to a special presentation, Healing Recovery from Tragedy. I'm David Hunter, joined by a panel of Upper Cumberland pastors. We're so thankful to have Rob Wheeler here from First United Methodist Church, James Rogers of Smyrna Church of Christ, and Andrew Smith of Heavenly Host. And it's just incredible. You know, we continue discussing the healing from a catastrophe. Now, I'm going to start with, um, um, on this one here, James, I'm going to ask you, did you have anybody in your church or anybody that you knew personally that was affected by this? We did not have anyone who, were, who was a member of the congregation that was directly hit. We did have members who had family members who suffered the loss of all their material possessions, we might say, uh, here on this earth, and friends, co-workers, some who died. So yes, it impacted us, even though the tornado as such didn't hit our section of the county. So I do not know if there's anyone in our county that wasn't impacted in one way or the other. So we're all dealing with the very same thing. It's, it's not a new thing. And may I insert this, that one of the questions we're going to ask is part of the one we just answered. It's not wrong to ask why. We may never get that answer, but Gideon asked why, Job asked why, and the greatest man ever walked on the face of this earth asked why. We know some things happen, and we know there are, there are blessings even in suffering that we find in the Bible. So I would say to the people in our community, don't be afraid to ask why, but be willing to understand you may never get a full answer to that. You may ne never satisfy your curiosity, but that helps us begin to process and begin to heal. So since all of us had people affected in one way or another, may I suggest that to us? Thank you, James. Rob, um, what's your thoughts on that? I absolutely agree with what he just said. Um, I think it's also important to remember um, that God is big enough to handle our doubts and our questions and our fear, um, our concern, our confusion. Um, God can handle that. And it's okay right now to be upset. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to be mad. Um, you know, I, I think I said it. God, God's big enough to handle all that for yes. us right now. Did you know anybody personally or anybody in your church or family that was in this tragedy? Um, we did. Uh, we had a family in our church who 
uh, fortunately made it through, but they did lose their home. Um, it's a, a mom and dad and three kids. So uh, they're going to need lots of help moving forward. And our church has done a great job of rallying around them, um, just as everybody in town has done. I mean, it's not just our church. It's This community is, has just been amazing. Um, but also, we've just had people connected with folks who have been um, who have been affected, and people that that lived in the neighborhoods, but have made it through relatively um, physically unscathed. But they've seen some things they wish they'd never seen. So the effects of this are wide ranging and uh, have have touched everyone in our community. So, uh, but to answer your specific question, we have had some folks that have been affected. Yes, and you know, speaking of that, the tragedy of some things that people have seen, we've all heard stories of our first responders and some of the things that they have seen. And, you know, we're going to be praying for those people and all the people involved with that. We're going to be praying for those people at the end of this uh, broadcast today. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people looking for answers there, too, that's even in their uh, community workers there, the first responders. You know, they're trained to do this, but nobody's really trained to see some of the things that I'm sure that they've seen in this. And um, it's just uh, an in- incredible tragedy that none of us will ever forget. Andrew, have anybody in your church or anybody that you know that was in this tragedy or involved in it? Yeah, we were very fortunate in that nobody in the congregation lost their life or were was injured. But we did have a teacher in our school, Heavenly Host Lutheran School, mm-hmm. uh, who did lose her entire home around her. She was in the house while the tornado raged, and she said when it was over with, she just walked out the side of her bedroom where the wall had been moments ago. Uh, we had another uh, teacher in our school whose son lived right around the corner from that first teacher. Uh, that first teacher's name is uh, Amy Amy Underwood. Um, and... Uh, and he lost, he and his wife and, and children, they, they lost their home. And we're in the middle of, of helping them uh, with immediate needs and those kinds of things. Uh, in our broader network of ECC families, we've got an early childhood center. Uh, we don't know of anybody uh, directly impacted. But again, we've had families who are connected to other folks. It's, we're just like everybody else. We, uh, we all know somebody uh, who has lost uh, significantly and uh, there's, I think, two families of in our scout troop that are have been mm-hmm. affected, and and those kinds of things. And we have uh, medical personnel and first responders in our congregation who are already reaching out uh, because, like you said, uh, we love our first responders. We pray for them, but you can't train to unsee something that you've seen. And uh, you know the tragedy and the and the trauma that they experience, um, and the maybe even the way that we. Uh, hold them up on a pedestal uh, and treat them like superheroes. Uh, we don't give them the opportunity to to grieve like the rest of us, and they need that opportunity too. So that's that's something we can do for them. If if we have the ability to listen like that, we can listen. Thank you, Andrew. You're listening to a special presentation of healing and recovery from a tragedy. I'm David Hunter with pastors here this uh, afternoon for you here. Um, Rob Wheeler, First United Methodist Church, James Rogers of Smyrna Church of Christ, Andrew Smith of Heavenly Host. And, you know, we continue our discussion on how do we heal from the events of this past week? How do we help our friends, neighbors, our family? You know, there have been a lot of people show up to help in all areas. As a matter of fact, I think I was most impressed by the Hobby Lobby um, where people were gathered there. There were people all the way out to the movie theater trying to get in, trying to help. And, uh, you know, it's incredible to know that right here in Cookville, Putnam County, that we have the churches, we have the people, the family, the friends that can come together in just a, a moment's notice and can make things happen. But, you know, one of the most important things that I think we've all been called to do was to pray. And, you know, um, sometimes we get a little bit relaxed in our prayers. And, you know, we think about that, you know, sometimes, you know, most of the time we had prayed uh, when storms come, we would get on Facebook, for example, and we would pray that in the name of Jesus, the storms, you know, um, we don't want them to come near our county or our city or, you know, state. And um, then other people hook up on there and pray. That's one way that we do through Facebook to get people, you know, to help kind of team up with us. And, um you know, there's a lot of things that can happen with this. And do any of your churches, we're going to start with um, 
James Rogers here. Do any of your churches, are you offering any assistance or anything with your church right now? Yes. Uh, in fact, we've had people from other states contact us about sending money, sending manpower. And so we're coordinating some of that through people who are contacting us. May I respond to your comment a moment ago yes. about the first yes. responders? Yes. Uh, I worked as a first responder for 10 years. And one of the things I want to say to those of us who are helping in, in our community, those first responders need to be debriefed correctly also. Uh, we often go to the victims and we go to the people who have mm-hmm. suffered, but we forget about the folks who go head on into those kinds of tragedies. So may we say to our first responders, you're in our hearts and minds, and if we can listen to you or help you, that's what we're here for. That's what we'd like to do. That's a part of dealing with a tragedy like this. They need someone to talk with. Yes. So can anybody get with your church? Is there a particular service that you're offering, Um, even people that's just looking for a church? We would enjoy people who would get in touch with us. Uh, If they would like to look at our website, cocsmyrna.org, they could contact us. Uh, Any of our first responders are welcome to come. We'd be happy to listen, to help, to do anything we could to help heal the things that they're facing. So feel free to contact us. We're here to help in any way we possibly can. Thank, Thank you. you for offering. Thank you, James. Thank you. You know, that's one way we can reach people is to let them know, you know, because a lot of times when things happen, you know, the church is the first place they turn to. And um, it's just it's just an awesome time here. Of course, we've had another pastor join us in the studio here, and we'll be talking with them in just a moment here. And um, I'm going to go ahead and go over to um, Rob, and I'm going to ask you, are you offering any services or anything for um, anything coming up to help the people that's been going through this. You know, a lot of the things you offer is, you know, of course, people may be looking, it's time to get back in church. Sure. Well, there's, <laughs> our doors are always open for anyone who's interested in uh, joining us for worship or being plugged in somehow with any of our service opportunities or small groups that we have. Uh, you, you are welcome to come to to be with us Sundays and Wednesdays. Um, we would just love to have you there. Um but in terms of the things that we're planning, um, we have been uh, directing donations to where they need to go. Um, that's been an ongoing process this week. Um, we are we are planning, actually, as as was mentioned, um, a debrief and processing uh, time that hopefully will be coming this week. And you can just look at our Facebook page, and we'll let you all know when that might be. So if any folks do need to come and just process what they've seen and what they've experienced, we'll have some. Uh, medical professional and counseling folks there to help do that. Um, that's like I said, that's being planned. Um, I think the other part is as as a Methodist congregation and denomination, we do have uh, we do have lots of methods and groups that help with things, and um, we have the United Methodist Committee on Relief, who they provide long term rebuilding and uh, cleaning efforts to certain areas, um, and they're planning to come to work here over the next few weeks and months. Um, so that's that's part of what our church is trying to do. So um, there'll be some more specific things, so keep in touch with us either on Facebook or our website as well. Thank you, Rob. Andrew, any services being offered from your church there? Yeah, immediately we have a chainsaw team, a trained, certified, experienced mm-hmm. chainsaw team on the ground, people who uh, travel around the country to these sorts of things that know what they're doing. Uh, if they just call the church office at Heavenly Host Lutheran Church and uh, they can uh, fill out the form that will will get that chainsaw team in action, uh, we'll be out cutting uh, over the weekend and, and on Monday as well. Um, we have also, I, I am a former Navy chaplain, uh, and I'm trained in critical incident st- stress debriefing, and uh, I, I don't hang out a shingle for that or anything like that, but it is part of the pastoral care toolkit that I've put together over the years because of the experiences I've had and, and certainly will make myself available to anybody. No no commitment necessary. We're here to help one another. And if I can make a referral or help connect somebody back to uh, their own church tradition, I'm happy to do that. Um, I'm a Navy chaplain and I serve everybody. Sure do. Thank you, Andrew. And we're proud to have joining in our studio here. I'm going to let him introduce himself here real quick. Uh, 
pastor? Well, I, I'm not a pastor. I'm okay. uh, currently the person who's been assigned. My name is Ray Holbrook, mm-hmm. and I've been asked to serve and help coordinate the disaster relief at St. Thomas Aquinas Catholic Church. Um, so I'll I'll have to uh, make sure that okay. our listeners know that. Um, we're working with the Red Cross, mm-hmm. uh, the two uh, disaster relief centers at the community center and at First Baptist Church. So our church personnel are working with uh, Wendy Apple over there at First Baptist Church and the Red Cross folks there. We're also working with the community center folks, and we have liaison with those two areas. We're coordinating uh, distribution of assistance for those who come in to those two centers and what they need. So we've got folks there running back and forth, and if one area needs something, we're Uh, trying to get it to them if we have it, and they're trying to get it to us if we need it. But the primary thing we're doing is we're accepting the the clothing donations that come to those two centers. Uh, We're storing them, and and we're working with those two centers to make sure folks can get what they need. Um, Ray, I want to ask you the same question I've asked our other guests. Did you have anybody that you knew personally or in the church that was involved in this tragedy? We have we have two uh, members that I'm I'm aware of that are part of the Men's Brotherhood called the Knights of Columbus, uh, who have suffered minor damage. Uh, we had uh, one of our parishioners who was missing for a while, but we've located her and she's found safe along with her caregiver. Um, so we're we're doing just fine. Uh, I I do want to extend my our sympathy for those at the College Side Church of Christ, whose youth pastor lost uh, a child. Uh, my wife and I were working the election over there, and that community is is deeply hurting, and we want to certainly ask our listeners for their prayers. Here at the end of the show today, the broadcast for this, we'll be having special prayer for the community. You know, it's a tragedy that's hit here. You know, March the 3rd, 2020, it's a day again none of us will ever forget. You know, for the rest of our lives, as a matter of fact, you know, the disaster with no respective age or of class or social status, uh, denomination, you know, whether you have a church affiliation or not. You know, there's a lot of people out there, I'm sure right now, they're looking for answers, and we hopefully are being able to do that on this uh, broadcast and being able to touch base on that. And I just want to thank you all for being here. Of course, Ray Hallbrook there from St. Thomas Aquinas Church, Rob Wheeler of First United Methodist Church, James Rogers of Smyrna Church of Christ, and Andrew Smith of Heavenly Host. I want to thank you guys for, again, for taking time to come out and spend with us. Uh, we may have people just now tuning into this broadcast, and we've been discussing many things and um, in this uh, topics like why did God do this? And, of course, we figured that out real quickly that God did not do this. And we've had scriptures to back that up with and, and some things with that. You know, we, we've heard many, many things. We've seen a lot of things in the paper. We've seen a lot of things on the news. Um, it's been really hard to really process. You know, I've been in church ever since I was two weeks old, raised in a church. And, you know, it, it doesn't seem like any tragedy is any easier than the next. And it seems like they're definitely all different. And different circumstances, and you know, especially when it involves people that you know, and um, it's just incredible to know the devastation that came here. From my understanding, a report came from the National uh, National Weather uh, people on this is that it was a Category Four, and it raised back up before it came to Tennessee Tech in the hospital. And with that being said, we were blessed on that part. I mean, don't get me wrong; eighteen people lost, um, and and so many people injured. That's a big deal for this community. It's a loss because we all suffer from that. But it could have been so much more worse than what it turned out to be. And uh, the way this community comes together is incredible. And um, it's just, I, I just want to go back to some more stories again. Um, has anybody, and we'll just start off with you, uh, James, has anybody heard any good stories? It seems like everything we hear is negative. It's, it's bad. And, you know, it's a, it's a time now. I think we need to hear some good. Have you heard anything good? Well, there's there's a lot good. In fact, all I have heard is good over the last few days, mm-hmm. and that's been a refreshing change that we're not really zeroed in on negativity and all the things that are wrong in the world. And I've appreciated the fact that people from outside Tennessee have seen this state come together to help. I'm not surprised that happened in Cookville. 
the time we've lived here, that's been the mentality of the people with whom we've associated. So any of the good that was done, the turnout, and it will continue, uh, has not surprised me. It has been what I would have expected from this community and what I appreciate. May I mention the prayer that you? Yes. I, I got off of that on the first <laughs> responders because that's important. It's interesting, Sunday I had begun a sermon on the easy mind from Philippians 4, and Paul listed three basic platform steps in having an easy mind. The first one was be anxious for nothing. We would say that, worry about not even one thing. And people listen to that, and they say, how can you do it? But God makes that available through his word. Sunday, I'll be talking about the second plank, and that's pray about everything. Prayer is the most we can do. And I may run errands for you or help you rebuild your house, but taking someone's name to the throne of God is the very most that we can do. And I'm thankful the Bible stresses prayer all the way through. Jesus was the paragon of prayer. And so that's a very important thing, and we want people to know that we're doing that for them, though we may not know them personally. And uh, we trust that will be a help as we rebuild. Another good story I've heard is that we will rebuild. You know, we're, we're not giving up. No one's quit. In fact, we may have more resiliency now than we knew we had. Yes, that's James Rogers of Smyrna Church of Christ. Thank you. I'm going to go over right now to Rob Wheeler, the same question there I guess we're talking about here. Um, have you heard any good good sure. stories? We've got to have some good stories in the midst of all this. Um, I mentioned earlier we had a family who lost their home. Um, uh, mom and dad and three of their kids. Um, the oldest of those kids was 16. He's the same age as my oldest son. So we've known this family for a long time. Um, the house fell around them. And he seemed to be, um, compared to the other four, in relatively decent shape. Uh, but his little sister and little brother, who were several years younger, uh, needed help. And so they, uh, he helped, but his mom and dad were stuck. And so um, he was able to take his brother and sister to a vehicle that was on the street to get them to a safer place and then was back and forth for the next several minutes uh, between his sister and his brother and his mom and dad, making sure everyone was doing as best they could. Um, this is a kid who, um, in his own way, was very much a hero for his family. Um, and, of course, you look yesterday, the day before, at just all the people who poured out just to help. That's a good story in and of itself. And there are people in those neighborhoods that, that – came away from their homes relatively unscathed, and as soon as things calmed down, they were with their boots and jackets on looking for people immediately. Um, those are the good stories. Um, it's not that we're not just defined by the loss and the tragedy, although that should be what we are concerned about, um, but we're also defined by the good people and their good hearts in this community. Rob Wheeler, First United Methodist Church. You know, when you see a lot of the newscasts, um, I want this show to be just a little bit different because it's a special show for the people in our listening audience. You know, they usually tell you the negative and this and that and a lot of the television newscasts you see. And then the last five minutes, they give you the good stuff. We we want to give you the good things of the Lord. You know, we want you to know that there is hope in all this. And um, it's just incredible. If you don't know Jesus, uh, hopefully when we pray here at the end, um, you'll be able to get that taken care of too. Uh, Ray? And he's with St. Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas there. Any good stories? I think the best story of the, since the events that we've all suffered through is the coming together of brothers and sisters in Christ across denominations. Uh, as I see the cooperation between uh, parishes and church throughout the country, we've had uh, items brought to us from Mount Airy, North Carolina. We've had items, uh, calls from Florida. I think things are pouring in from other people of faith and even those who are not. And this is a time for us to be able to serve as a witness to others about what Christians do, what we do together uh, to serve our Lord and for each other. Our pastor this morning at our, at our mass this morning gave his homily on virtue, and he spoke about 
what is it that helps a person become a virtuous person? And the answer to that is do virtuous things. So, you know, so many people in the Cookville community and really throughout our nation right now are doing some virtuous things, and we all see the evidence of that. We're serving people who need to, to deal with the crisis pregnancy or the Cookville Pregnancy Center. We're seeing people who need medication. We're taking them places. We're doing these kinds of things. I hope that as we go forward, we can see ourselves doing these things a little bit more on a daily basis uh, because that is who we are. And sometimes we forget the, the, some of the basis of who it is that we are. And I th- who we are are people of God. We are people of Christ, and we can share that. Thank you, Ray. And I'm going to take it over to Andrew Smith of Heavenly Hosts. Can you tell us some good news? Yeah, David, I, I want to share one story. I was out yesterday with a, a film crew from our wider church body, and we were in the parking lot of an Assemblies of God church in at the corner of Thomas and Broad, just right out basically in the middle of uh, where the tornado came through. And they've got a good vantage point from where they are right there. And there were four ladies in that church parking lot uh, that came out and saw us uh, filming. And they said, all four of them said, God spared our church so that we can serve our neighbors. And, you know, if you want to if you want to tap into the spirit of people in this community, it was right there in those ladies. And uh, they're serving breakfast, lunch and dinner uh, in that little bitty church. Uh, And I it, it just warmed my heart. Uh, to say that we're all in this together, I mean, that's a wonderful that's a wonderful thing to say. Of course, my church has been uh, drawn together by this. All of us have been drawn together by this. And um, the, the good thing is it has drawn us together. Um, I, it saddens me a little bit that it takes something sad to draw people together, but at least it does. And I hope that people would see the opportunity to, to help one another and uh, to go forward and, and do good in the world. Thank you, Andrew. You're listening to a special presentation, Healing and Recovery from a Tragedy. I'm David Hunter, joined by a panel of Upper Cumberland pastors and guests here, uh, Ray Holbrook and Rob Wheeler, James Rogers, and Andrew Smith. Um, We're just talking, trying to encourage, trying to figure out things, trying to put some answers to some questions in the community. And I probably got a really tough one right here coming up. It just came to me a minute ago because actually looking at my Facebook page this morning, I've seen this. Um, You know, people that have lost people, you know, we know uh, one particular friend of ours, um, he lost his wife in this, and they were very close to us. Um, uh, We were with them on the Putnam County Fair Board. And a lot of people, and not this one in particular, but a lot of people are asking, um, you know, they're mad at God. And, you know, that's their first response. You know, they're mad at God. You know, I lost a little girl two days old. She'd have been 30 now. You know, I was mad at God because of that for a couple of days. But then I got through it because I knew God was with me. And, you know, that's the same encouragement that we can give the people here also. And I think we're going to start with that one here. For the people that are just mad at God at this point in time right now, I think we're going to crawl across the table here right now to um, Rob Wheeler. And just give us some thoughts on that. Somebody out there, they're listening to the show right now, and they're, they're just not really happy because they're mad at God because, you know, why would God do this? You know, we talked about that a minute ago, you know, why did God do this? But the person is actually mad because of this, um, and they're angry at God because of this. Um, what hope can you give them? I think my first reaction to that is um, to just be very honest is that it's understandable, right? I mean, especially for folks who have, lost a child or a best friend or a spouse. Um, if, if you read through the Psalms, <laughs> there's Psalm after Psalm of somebody being angry at God or mad about their situation or upset that they feel like God has abandoned them. Um, but then you read the other Psalms and they're praising him and loving him and thankful for what he's done. Um, I mentioned this earlier, um, but God is big enough to handle our disappointment and our frustration and our anger and our doubts, um, but I would also I would also encourage those folks to um, just remember that even if we are angry or confused or mad at God, um, that God hasn't turned away, um, and that God is going to provide people or grace or something in life that will help you keep walking the next step. Um, 
again, I, 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 I can't sit here and criticize someone for being angry at God after a loss. But all I can say is that um, hope, the hope that God provides is a great gift. And to not let um, frustration help you make you, uh, allow you to forget about the hope that's still there. Rob Wheeler, First United Methodist Church. Ray Holbrook, St. Thomas Aquinas Church. Same question there for a person that might be listening right now, and they're they're just actually they're mad at God because why could a God do this to us? Um, you know, we go back to the question we had earlier, but that person that just can't seem to get through it, and they don't even want to talk to God right now. What words of encouragement do you have? That is a tough question for each of us, uh, and I, I'll reflect a little back on my own personal experience there in the loss of a, a child. That that was a turning point for me and my faith, and my reliance on on the Lord to be my salvation, to be my hope, my source of strength. And 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 I I also have to say that my wife was a major part of that. Her faith, just the the marriage we have, the opportunity we have. I lean on each other. Find a person who can help you that you can lean on. There were times during that tragedy that I went to people who had said, I don't know what to do. Let me know if there's something I can do. And on one occasion, I just went to a, a dear friend and said, I just want you to be with me and go here to talk to the doctors. So I think we can make a conscious choice to turn at that moment in time or those moments in time, those days, to say, you know, God, how can you help me? Make a decision to turn to him in hope and in seeking him and his guidance and his strength and his peace and his grace as opposed to just trying to blame someone. You know, as we go through our daily lives, I think sometimes we, you know, this didn't go the way I'd like it or that didn't. But if we turn to the Lord, he can help us in all cases at all times. Thank you, Ray. We're going to go to Andrew Smith right now, Heavenly Host. The same question, kind of a little bit more added from the beginning. A person that's mad at God right now, and maybe they just don't want to get up and face the day. Sure. The next day. Yeah. What What insight can you give us on that? I think it's part of the grieving process to be angry, uh, and I think it's it's uh, the other side of of grief is to know that anger is a perfectly acceptable response. Uh, in your anger, do not sin, of course, but. But go ahead and be angry at God. Get out your Bible. Pray Psalm 22. Scream it at God. Um, Jesus prayed Psalm 22 from the cross. What does that mean? Drop into that mystery for just a moment and ask what it means. And then to know, to know nevertheless he is God. And that and that in the midst of all of this tragedy, uh, to be grateful for what has come. Uh, about that. Now, you, you might not be able to get there today or tomorrow or next week, but but to be honest about your feelings, I think it's important to know that God's big enough to take it, to, to grow from it. I, th- I think that's a, I think we get out of our notions of the, the God we have created for ourselves when we realize that God is big enough to be angry with uh, and that he's growing us through that process, too. And even in our anger, he's drawing us closer to him. Thank you, Andrew. James Rogers, pastor at Smyrna Church of Christ. Again, the question we're asking the person that is mad at God right now over something that really God didn't do, but they're mad at God. What's, what's an insight on that? Andrew's correct. Anger is a part of the grieving process, and anyone who's grieving will be angry at something. And when we're angry, we have to have somewhere to direct it. God understands our grieving process. It's interesting that the word grieve or grieved or grieving, something along that line, is found more than 50 times in the Bible. So God certainly understands grief, and he understands the grief process. But And I appreciated the comment about the Psalms. I tell people when you're hurting, one of the things that will help you is lose yourself in the book of Psalms. Those psalmists experienced every emotion we will ever experience. They went through all of the heartaches that we will face, and every time their conclusion was the same, I go back to the Word of God. So if you're going to be angry, 
Give God a chance. Go to his word. Listen to what he says. Put into practice those principles. And one of the things we found when we lost a grandchild was the Bible works if we'll let it work, if we'll use those principles. So, yes, anger is part of grieving. So are other things, and you're going to vacillate back and forth all through that process. Find someone who can help you. It's interesting when the very best friend Jesus had, Lazarus, died in John 11. Mary and Martha sent for Jesus. They reached out to someone who could help them. And when you're grieving, find someone who can help you. Another thing I've found that I might recommend to people who are hurting right now is one of the best things you can do to help yourself is find someone who's hurting like you are and help them. And that will do a tremendous amount for you. Thank you, James. You know, um, you're listening right now to a special presentation, Healing and Recovery from a Tragedy. I'm David Hunter with Pastors Ray Holbrook. Rob Wheeler, James Rogers, and Andrew Smith in our studio. We're continuing our discussion on how we heal from the events of this week and how do we help our friends, neighbors, and our family. And, um, you know, even if it's not even suffering the loss of a loved one, it's just suffering the loss of a home, you know, to wake up and there's nothing there. And, you know, that included in the topic on that and a lot of things that go with that. You know, we need to remember God is only as big as we allowing to be in our lives. Sometimes we, you know, sometimes we put God up on a shelf till we need him. And this is one time I want to encourage the listeners out there right now, you need God. And he's the only thing that's going to get you through this. And, you know, we we're here to encourage you. The pastors have taken their time today to do this show and to come in and, and to encourage you because we live in the best place on planet earth right here in Putnam and the upper Cumberland, uh, cookful, all good, Baxter, Monterey, the areas in between, and we live in the best place on planet Earth, and we try to reach and teach people and show them truth and try to encourage them, because there's a lot of hurting people in our community right now, and um, it's just a lot of people that just really don't know where to turn to, and what I want to encourage you guys, we're going to start with you, James, uh, real quickly here. Um, Tell us a little bit about your church and the service times and so forth, because there's going to be people listening to this broadcast that are going to be looking for answers. And the best thing you can do is find a church and go get plugged in and start letting a family of people love on you and help you with that. So tell us a little bit about your church. We are a small congregation relative to some. We're about 100 people. We're just country folks that love the Lord and are trying to do what his word tells us to do. We're located at 3698 Dodson Branch Road, and that's about two miles north of Tennessee Tech, two miles north of 12th Street. And our service times are 9 and 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sunday, 7 p.m. on Wednesday. We would encourage people to contact us. Uh, Again, our website, cocsmyrna.org. We have archived sermons and things of help that might be helpful at this time. So let me encourage people to know we're there, and we're there for you in any way we can help. And that's James Rogers, Smyrna Church of Christ. We're going to go next over to Andrew Smith. He's with the Heavenly Host. Tell us just briefly there about your church and what you have to offer. Yeah, a lot of folks don't know what a Lutheran is in this area, and that's that's okay. Uh, we're kind of known in town for being the church with the school, and uh, and that's what we've been known for for the past 25 years or so. Uh, but um, we are part of a, a conservative uh, evangelical Lutheran community that's 6,000 churches across the United States. Uh, and we have services on Sundays uh, at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. We've got a Bible study hour at 9.15. Programs for the kids, of course. Right now, um, as a part of the, the wider church movement, we're going through a, a period of, called Lent, uh, prep, a time of preparation and, and observance and fasting and prayer uh, in preparation for Easter. And so we have, we have services right now on Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. and Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. And uh, what I had planned to do for Lent has turned into something else entirely. It's, uh, it's going to be responding to and ha- trying to help people pray through uh, what's happened in our community. And we're going to take special time during those Lenten services uh, to really do that. 
um, if uh, anybody wants to reach out to us in any way, I, whatever your background or church tradition is, I would encourage people to go back to what they know. If it's been a while since you've been back to church, step out of your comfort zone, get back in there and hear the word of God. You're going to need you're going to need it. You're going to need a community around you. That's what this is about. God's drawing them back to himself. And if it's at my church, great. If it's at any of these other churches, uh, praise God, because that's what's going on. Andrew Smith of Heavenly Host Church here in Cookville. Ray Hallbrook, he's with St. Thomas Aquinas, and, of course, he's affiliated with the church there. Um, tell us a little bit about your church, somebody out there listening that's wanting to get in, plugged in because of this tragedy. Well, we, we do share a lot as brothers and sisters in Christ, and we, too, are celebrating uh, and, and going through that time of the clerical year called Lent. Uh, we have masses on a weekday basis at 8 o'clock in the morning, so we had some visitors who were helping out with sorting of clothes and so on from our community who came and visited us. They may have been members at one of your churches uh, here. Uh, our masses are on Saturday at 5 o'clock in English. We've got a mass at 7.30 in Spanish. We have an 8 a.m. mass and a 10.45 a.m. mass on Sunday in English and a 1 p.m. mass in Spanish. Uh, in addition, we have a Tuesday evening mass at 6 in Latin. That goes back to the Latin tradition of the Catholic Church. We have men's men's groups for service, oriented towards service, and, and women also. We have some small groups, and we are uh, going through a period of time during Lent now with people who have, are exploring a, con- a conversion from one faith or another to the Catholic faith. So uh, if folks are interested, come check us out. We've got a Facebook page, stthomasaquinaschurch.com, all one word, St. S-A-I-N-T, thomasaquinaschurch.com. Thank you, Ray. And the same thing for Rob Wheeler, First United Methodist Church. Uh, tell us a little bit about your church. People out there, they're looking for answers, and getting in church is the best place we advise them to go. Sure. Uh, we're right on the square. We're the church with the crosswalk um, that runs over Broad Street. I think that's how you, that's how we're, that, that's how you can know we're there. Uh, but we are a church community with lots of different people from lots of different backgrounds, um, and we are all about sharing the love and the virtues of Christ and what we talk about. So, um, and I think like, like has been said, find a community for you, um, being around a loving community of people who love and want to live like Jesus is the most important thing right now. Um, but our services are at eight thirty and 11 and 10 55 on Sunday mornings. Um, we have lots of different types of groups, children's ministries, youth ministries, uh, men and women's ministries that are available throughout the week. Um, and you are welcome, and wherever, whatever your background might be, we hope that you might join us one Sunday. Thank you, Rob. You're listening to a special presentation of Healing and Recovery from a Tragedy. I'm David Hunter, joined by a panel of Upper Cumberland pastors, Ray Holbrook, um, is in here with us today, Rob Wheeler, James Rogers, and Andrew Smith. And as we're getting close to the end of this broadcast, it's a very important time of this that I've actually been kind of excited about. It's a time of prayer. And we've probably got just a few minutes here, and I'm going to start um, all the way down to the end with Andrew, and then we're going to go down the line and go down through with Ray and uh, go all the way down to Rob and then end with James there. But take a, a minute or two, and we're just going to start off with prayer for our community, uh, for healing, for uh, restoration here for people to get their lives back going again and get back to the norm, whatever norm is. It'll never be the same, but through God, we know that things will change. So right now, I'm going to let Andrew, I'm going to let you start the prayer. I really appreciate the opportunity to do this and uh, to pray for our community. I invite everyone to uh, join us in prayer. Lord God, your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. And yet, according to your will, you have allowed this tragedy to befall our community. In your great mercy, draw us together. Let us comfort those who have lost so much. Let us be your arms and your hands to calm them. Let us be your feet to serve them. Let us Heal one another as you have given us and share with us that healing. Let us lift up our civic leaders who have shown 
great resilience and leadership in this crisis, all of our first responders, our hospital personnel, help them, O oh Lord, to bear this tragedy and to know that they, they too are your hands to help us in our community. And bless us as you draw us together, that we would be your people once again. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we know that you're there always for us and that you listen to us and that you hear us. We ask that you continue to, to be there for us and to make yourself known to us in a very special and unique, unique way at this time. We ask that you help us with our hands and our feet, as been said, to go and do things in your name for our fellow brothers and sisters. And we ask, Father, that you give us hope and inspiration to live that way, not just now, but for all days in the future. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Gracious God, even on days like these, help us to remember all of your blessings. The blessings of your good people who do your good work. The blessings of a community that surrounds us with love and care. And the blessings of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the gifts of joy in our days of happiness and good health, and we pray that you would make known to us your grace in our days of pain and grief. Um, we thank you for this place in which we live, for our home, for the friends that surround us, um, but mostly we thank you for the life of Jesus who came to show us how to live who taught us how to love and who experienced the grief that we now experience, but who has empowered us to change the world through love and grace. And we pray that especially at this time, you would show us and give us places to do the same. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Holy Father, we thank you for loving us, for caring about us, we thank you for the Christ who died for us, for the Bible that guides us. We thank you for the church to which the saved are added. And we thank you for every blessing that we enjoy. We thank you that we can call on you in behalf of all of us who are hurting. We pray that we know the best things to do, the right things to say. And we pray that we will be instruments of good to help glorify and honor your name, even in this tragedy. Forgive us our sins and help us as we seek to teach others about you. In Jesus' name, amen. And we hope that you've really listened to the prayers from these pastors that really care about this community. And, of course, the radio stations you're listening to this right here from. I'm David Hunter. I've been honored to be able to do this special edition of the show. And I've been honored to have you guys here as a guest with me today. Just real briefly, I'm going to start back with you, James. Um, just real briefly in a few words, just give us uh, a word of encouragement um, for the people that's listening right now that may have felt impacted by what we've said. They feel better they feel like they've got hope. Just give us real briefly here just a good word. God hasn't gone anywhere. He hasn't left us. He hasn't forgotten about us. He hasn't forsaken us. Go to his word. Learn about him. Go to him, and we'll get through this together. Rob? Um, I would. We talked about Psalms a little bit earlier today. I just read a couple of verses from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength help always near in times of great trouble. That's why we won't be afraid when the world falls apart, when the mountains crumble into the center of the sea, when its waters roar and rage, and when the mountains shake because of its surging waves. Um, for some in our community, the world seems to have fallen apart. Um, but I pray and hope that we will all remember that even at times like these, God is our refuge and our strength, um, and his grace is enough to help us um, take the next step. Ray. Asking you shall receive, knock, and the door will be open to you. God is always there. Our God can do everything. Our God is enough. Uh, if we turn to him with a sincere heart, he will be there for us. 
He always is there for us. We just need to ask. Andrew. Just remember that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing. Nothing. Not even this tornado. Not even our suffering as a result of it. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, this community is a strong community. And through our faith and our belief in God and Jesus, it's what will get us through this. And it's an incredible community. I continue to pray for all of our people in this area, the people that are affected by it. Because, you know, I don't really know of anybody that's not been affected in some way. And, you know, it's such a tragedy. You know, we'll never forget March the 3rd, 2020. It'll go down in the books as something that's really left an imprint on our lives. And I hope we become a better person as far as our walk. I hope we wave at our neighbors, go sit on their porches, you know, shake their hand, go check on them. I hope that we do some things that maybe that we've forgotten about instead of going to our homes and closing the garage door and going inside and, you know, moving on with our daily life. I hope that we become better people because with a tragedy, there's always good that somehow comes through, and that's through Jesus Christ. And it's just an incredible to know that feeling. And I want to thank you guys for coming in this, this and just doing a special show with us. It's something that's probably one of the most difficult shows that I've honestly done uh, in my career because we know so many people affected by this, but it's something that we knew that we needed to do. And we felt an honor to be able to do it, just like you guys. It's an honor to have you here. And I do believe in the future that our community will be together and we'll see good things to come out of all these things. I want to thank you all for joining us today and your words of encouragement in the coming days and the weeks and the months and the years will be no doubt will have a healing impact on this community desperately in need. And don't forget that God hears our prayers. You know, there's many people out there that's just tuned in and they've been listening to the show and they've been going, you know, well, you know, maybe there is a God. Maybe after all this, you know, there is a God. Um, and we will overcome from this. And this has been a special presentation. I'm David Hunter and of healing, recovery from a tragedy. God bless our community as we recover, rebuild, and reignite hope. Thank you all for listening. You are not hidden There's never been a moment You were forgotten You are not hopeless Though you have been broken Your innocence stolen I hear you whisper underneath Yeah. Mm-hmm.